Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Washington. The White House is marking the passing of civil rights icon John Lewis. In a short statement on Twitter, President Trump said he was saddened to learn that Congressman John Lewis died. To honor Lewis, he ordered flags to fly at half-staff at the White House and all federal public buildings and grounds. Vice President Pence said even when he and Lewis differed on politics, John was always unfailingly kind. And White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany said Lewis leaves an enduring legacy that will never be forgotten. Greg Clugston, Washington. Police say protesters broke into a building, set it on fire, and started fires in dumpsters late yesterday in Oregon's largest city. Portland police declared the protest a riot and used tear gas to break it up. The fire at the Portland Police Association building was later doused. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Salem Communications Holding Corporation stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC from time to time will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents that are responsible for any and all taxes. For full contest rules, see this station's website. The Radio Hall of Fame has announced this year's 24 nominees, and we're very proud to see our own Larry Elder on the list. He's been nominated under the Active Network slash syndication for 10 years or more. So a big congratulations to Larry for being honored with this nomination. Just past 1 o'clock here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. It's going to be sunny and breezy today. We reach a high of 82, and we got Hour 1 Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And as a, a former legendary Salem radio host, national host, Michael Medved, used to say, another great day on this greatest nation on God's green earth. Yeah, it was a beautiful morning out this morning, uh, bright, sunny, nice breeze going through, and uh, got, it's uh, humid, but it's gotten a little humid since then. So, uh, But wherever you're enjoying the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and whenever you're enjoying these fine broadcasts on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, we appreciate you. Uh, tuning in as always going to kind of divide up the broadcast a little bit uh talk some local issues here in the first hour a lot going on locally and then some national news in the second hour uh well you know i i i've said it many times on this on the show because i'm such a sports fan anytime sports politics social issues cultural issues intersect that's kind of in our a sweet spot on the show, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, including the Redskins deciding to change their uh, team nickname. They've made that decision uh, final uh, this past Monday. They've officially retired it. So I guess they're just the Washington Football Club for the time being until they decide to go for a uh, or decide on a new nickname. But we'll definitely get to that, like I say, 
in the second hour. But I do want to talk, uh, like I said, some local issues and a lot of scuttle going on regarding the Minneapolis City Council. Of course, uh, this has been made national headlines where in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing at the hands of police, Minneapolis City Council has been signaling very strongly that they want to defund the police. And, of course, they don't give any alternatives to what they want to do or how they want to handle this. And, of course, you had the infamous uh, appearance a couple of weeks ago, Lisa Bender, the president of the Minneapolis City Council, going on CNN, and basically saying public safety is a privilege. Yeah, she she was asked directly by the show's host, okay, uh, so somebody's breaking into somebody's, say someone's breaking into my home. Obviously, I'm going to fear for my life if someone is going to take the time to break into my home. I'm going to assume they don't want to come in for uh, for a cup of tea. So uh, what am I supposed to do here? You know, who, who am I supposed to call? Uh, and, of course, the inevitable response by some people's Ghostbusters, but no. Uh, and Lisa Bender says, well, I, I understand that, but you have to understand that that kind of perspective is from a place of privilege. And her point was is that some citizens in the city of Minneapolis calling the police is actually worse so, which again, I've never understood that rationale. It's like, okay, you su- suppose I grant you that, yeah, for some, calling the police is not desirous. Why that they, they believe that is another story for another day. But suppose I grant you that. So you're going to take that away from everybody. You know, people were paying their hard-earned tax dollars, part of which goes to public safety, and you have an obligation via the city charter to provide that police force. So that, you know, that never made a lot of sense to me. But again, uh, a a brilliant phrase that my colleague Mitch Berg uh, invoked, it's called urban progressive privilege. It means you can make these kooky, radical, far left, outlandish statements and you don't get called on it by the media. You don't get a a ton ton of follow-up questions. That's urban progressive privilege. And you remember last week, when I played on New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio saying Black Lives Matter protests would take place, but everybody else, well, you got to gotta stay socially distanced, got to wear masks, can't gather, no parades, no barbecues, no fairs, anything like that, but Black Lives Matter totally on the up and up. Uh, Wolf Blitzer, who I think is a, is a solid journalist, what's his follow-up question? Well, what about the U.S. Open? I mean, the U.S. Open, I like tennis. Is that going to be taking place? I mean, come on. That's urban progressive privilege when you can make crazy statements and not get called on them. I bring all that up to say that it was revealed members of the city council in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing and their decisions to defund police had contracted private security to protect them. Now, these are the same people who are wanting to defund police And I would venture to say also big time advocates for gun control. And obviously, uh, you know, gun control, that's that's an issue that's typically brought up at at state legislatures. And uh, we're uh, two flipped Senate seats away from Democrats controlling all of the all of state government, meaning if the Democrats flip, uh, have a net gain of two Senate seats this November, they will have complete control of state government and you can. You better you better believe they're going to have the background checks law and the red flag laws implemented if that happens, because Governor Walls will sign those into law. So my our, my thing is you know okay you're gonna you're gonna defund police you're going to uh, uh, basically weaken the police force if you even have a police force at all. Well, great. I'm going to exercise my Second Amendment rights to protect myself, except. These same people are also for gun control. And that's another sticky wicket, too. If they do pl- pass these red flag laws, because red flag laws, basically the way they're going to be set up is if, hey, uh, my neighbor is kind of a danger, kind of been saying some pretty uh, radical statements, some pretty uh, vitriolic statements, I think he might be a danger to himself and to people in this neighborhood. And, oh, yeah, he's a gun owner. I want to look into that. Well, according to these red flag laws, you know, judge can take in that information and decide, ooh, yeah, we better go take his firearm. All right, so much for due process for that particular neighbor, so much for his day in court, and they go and take his gun. Oh, wait a minute. There's no police. Who's going to take his gun? See, see where this is going here? It's kind of a vicious cycle. 
So I'll read from this story from uh, Fox, Li- uh, Fox 9, Tom Lydon. Uh, the final bill is in for taxpayer-funded private security for three Minneapolis City Council members, $152,400. The security details began shortly after the police killing of George Floyd on Memorial Day when three council members, Andrea Jenkins of Ward 8, Felipe Cunningham in Ward 4, and Alondra Cano, uh, Ward 9, who also doxes her constituents, <coughs> said they had begun receiving threats. All three council members have been outspoken proponents of defunding the Minneapolis Police Department. The security cost the city, on average, $4,500 per day, said a spokesperson. The private security detail was not known publicly until the Fox 9 investigators reported the details on June 26. At that point, the city said the cost was $63,000. City contracts of more than $175,000, if unrelated to an emergency declaration, need to be approved by the city council. The security costs were approved by city coordinator Mark Ruff. So let's let's bring it back. The security details ended on June 29th, and the final tally, as was documented in this story, $152,400. City contracts of more than $175,000, if again, if unrelated to an emergency declaration, need to be approved by the city council. So this is, this is pretty tidy. You got the city council, they could just go to the city coordinator and say, yeah, you know what, we're getting threats for this, uh, uh, for wanting to defund the police. I mean, we don't understand these crazy people issuing death threats wanting to, because we want to take away, well, their last line of protection from, from crime. Uh, yeah, so we're going to need some security. So they can just go to the city coordinator, and guess what? They don't need all 12 members of the council to approve it. So pretty tidy that they can just get right under that threshold of $175,000, and they don't need the full council approval. And because the city council doesn't vote on it, guess what else happens? The public doesn't know about it because the public is privy to everything that goes on within the city council obviously the work sessions and and the agenda items they bring up and and the votes they take. But because this never was brought up for vote, the public doesn't doesn't know about it. So kudos to Tom Lydon and the folks at Fox 9 for actually bringing this to light. I'll read some more of the story. Uh, City officials said the security details ended on June 29, and the $152,400 cost represents the total paid to two private security companies, Aegis and Belcom. The private security contracts obtained by Fox 9 investigators shows the agreement with Aegis was signed by Eric Bergling, whose title with the company is quote-unquote special projects. So this is, a, this is just a classic example of elitism. You want to take away the citizens, uh, you want to take away public safety, which the citizens have a right to be part of their lives. Public safety, which they also put uh, put forth their tax dollars to pay for it. But you want to take that away. You want to you defund it for what exactly? We never really did get a clear answer to this, did we? I mean, I understand, well, there are certain things police officers shouldn't be doing, like, you know, wellness checks and all that sort of thing. Maybe we kind of leave that in the hands of, you know, other kind of... Uh, uh, public employees, social workers, what have you. And, you know, we can we can have a discussion about what this would look like of maybe taking some of these responsibilities away from police. But when these people say defund the police, they mean they mean get rid of police altogether. And again, and, and again for what? So this this idea that you're going to bring forth a proposal and not have any viable alternatives is just lunacy. Absolute lunacy. And all it is, is just pure 100% emotion, which to a certain extent I get. It was horrifying to watch Officer Derek Chauvin with his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck and seeing the life literally leave George Floyd's body. Horrifying, no doubt about it. But that's why you need to kind of take a step back and address this situation without making such a hasty decision like this. Because I will say this, this, 
I still believe the city of Minneapolis, for all its issues, all its problems, they, they deserve better than this. And polls right now show that not just in the city of Minneapolis, but across the country, the majority, I think up, up to two-thirds, opposed to funding the police department. But in 2021, all 12 city council, Minneapolis city council members, plus the mayor's office, are all up for re-election. So if all of these, because now Mayor Fry has at least said, look, I think there need to be some major reforms. He stopped short of saying he wants to defund the police department. In fact, when he said as much at a uh, meeting of uh, activists last month, remember the walk of shame when they said, go home, Jacob, go home, get the bleep out of here. And he just walked like a little kid who didn't get picked to play in a pickup baseball game. Yeah, I felt bad for the guy. Because, look, he believed in serious reforms but not getting rid of the police department, whereas the city council is all for defunding the police department. So my point is, I believe the city of Minneapolis deserves better. But if you vote back in all 12 members of this city council in 2021, that statement of Minneapolis deserves better is null and void. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. If any comments or questions... Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Sugar Magnolia, blossoms blooming, that's all empty and I don't care. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in today's culture? How does your faith in Jesus Christ relate to the world around you? Sometimes to have faith can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and sometimes challenging landscape. That's why you need to visit iBelieve.com. iBelieve.com is a site designed for Christian women. iBelieve.com has blogs, videos, and even daily devotionals. Whether you're looking for advice, ideas for your church group, or just an uplifting message, visit iBelieve.com. That's iBelieve.com. Catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Jerislein, our guest like bow hunting expert, Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick, Sharon Staler. Join us for Outdoor News Radio. Every Sunday morning at 8 on our sister station, Freedom 1570. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. I love golf, and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Quit smoking now for half price through this special offer from Breathe Therapy in this station. Get one Breathe Therapy program for $250. Breathe Therapy is fast, easy, and effective. Go to this station's website, click on the More tab and Half Price Offers, or call the station now. Welcome back. M1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. I am the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, closing out this weekend's Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. 
You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. is The King Banyan Show. And my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the NAR, and I am the closer. Again, closing out all weekends. And as always, grateful to be with you. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Again, that's hashtag NARNSHOW. Hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. Surprising development in uh, Minnesota's 5th Congressional District. Uh, but before I get to that, before I get to that, uh, someone just asked me, you know, because I kind of made a quick snide comment in the first segment about a uh, uh, member of the Minneapolis City Council, Alondra Cano, uh, doxing citizens. Uh, yeah, one. Uh, this was, a, I think, a couple of years ago. There were some citizens that, took issue with some of the things she had said. And when you go, when you send an email to, through the city council, the Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis website, you have to put all your vital information there, your name and your address and whatnot. So you're, so you're sure to get it to the right person. And she took screenshots of these people's complaints, including their names and addresses and posted them on her Twitter account. So that's what I mean by doxing the citizens. It's like, Oh, you're, you're, you're a constituent who's going to hold me high and mighty. Uh, elitist government official accountable. How dare you? I'll show you. I'll post your names and addresses on Twitter. So that's what I was referring to. Okay, <clears throat> back to this Star Tribune story. Millions of dollars are pouring into the primary race for Minnesota's 5th Congressional District, where opposition to Minneapolis U.S. Rep. Ilhan Omar is fueling an unprecedented surge in donations to her top Democratic opponent, political newcomer Anton Melton Mukes. Melton Mukes, a mediation lawyer who emerged on the DFL scene late last year to challenge Omar, told the Star Tribune he raised a staggering $3.2 million uh, before the August 11 primary. He dramatically outraised Omar, who took in $471,624 during the same time period. Omar's campaign said she has just over a million dollars left on hand ahead of the primary election. So, I, I'm a numbers guy. I work with numbers during the week. Uh, Melton Mukes raised more than uh, seven times, seven times the money Omar raised in the second quarter. Unbelievable. Uh, the fundraising gap would be striking for any newcomer challenging an incumbent, but it's especially noticeable in a race against Omar, a freshman Democrat and member of the squad, who has risen to prominence as one of the first Muslim women elected to Congress. Omar herself is a prolific fundraiser, fueled in part by her national profile and her unabashed criticism of President Donald Trump. But Omar's policy positions and not infrequent Twitter flaps with the president have made her a popular target for conservatives, and she has faced criticism for Jewish leaders and some fellow Democrats for several past tweets and remarks about the political influence of Israel. Omar apologized after criticism that she was using anti-Semitic tropes in her comments, but she reaffirmed her criticism of the problematic role of lobbyists in our politics. So this, uh, let's be honest, the race for the DFL primary is essentially the general election in Minnesota's 5th Congressional District, because this is a D plus 22 district, very far Democrat. So, and again, this, the election takes place on August 11th. And again, no disrespect to Lacey Johnson, who himself had a, a terrific fundraising quarter. I think he raised uh, over a couple of million dollars. He's the endorsed Republican candidate in CD5. I'm not sure if he has a primary challenger, but again, no disrespect to Lacey Johnson, but it doesn't matter. The winner of the Democrat primary in the 5th Congressional District will be will be going to Washington to represent them in Congress. That's just that's just how it is. Okay, I'd love I would love to be wrong about that. Would love to be wrong about that, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. So I don't pretend to have my finger on the pulse of what is happening in Congressional District 5. But I can't help but wonder if this is a trend of just the constituents growing tired of Omar's perpetual shenanigans. I mean, she is actively seeking the spotlight. 
I mean, the fact that she could have this congressional seat for as long as she wants uh, isn't enough. She wants the spotlight. She wants to be front and center. She wants to you know, be out there saying things like uh, capitalism is, a, is an oppressive system and we need to, uh, to abolish it once and for all. She's talking openly, of course, about abolishing police. While her colleagues in Minneapolis on the city council are just talking about defunding. Well, it means defunding and diverting money elsewhere. It doesn't mean getting rid of police. Well, yeah, it does. But they, they're, they're, the city council is at least trying to appear measured in their commentary, whereas Ilhan Omar is not. And she, like I say, is a Twitter celebrity, You know, loves the fact that people give her all this fawning and adulation on Twitter because she goes after President Trump. And obviously, President Trump is evil incarnate among many Democrats, most Democrats, particularly the quote-unquote resistance left. So this is, I think, I believe this is what residents in CD5 are growing weary of, is they just want someone to represent their interests in Congress. I mean, Keith Ellison was probably just as radical as Omar. Well, maybe not that far left, but he was he was out there pretty far left. And when he first won election to CD5 in 2006, uh, he won, I think, by just over 30 points, 35 points, if I remember right. And that was the his lowest margin of victory in all the times he was elected. He, he served a total of six terms. So the very first term he was elected to in 2006, the 35-point margin of victory was his lowest. I mean, he, tip, he routinely won by 40, 50 points. And, and I think that was in large part to, well, obviously, people in the 5th Congressional District, it's like they see a D next to somebody's name, and they, they're going to vote for that person. I mean, I've said many times on the show, wind-up set of chattering teeth could run as a Democrat in the 5th Congressional District and get more than 50% of the vote. That's just how it is. But I think there's a different dynamic in play here. Say what you want about Keith Ellison, and obviously there's nothing which Keith Ellison says policy-wise that I've ever agreed with. But he was actually in his district, working in his district, meeting with people in his district, door-knocking in his district. Once Keith Ellison won in 2006, he, he probably never really had to show up in that district again. And he would get reelected easily, you know, as long as he kept their relatively low uh, profile. But he would go back to his district and still go door knocking as if his reelection was dependent upon it. And again, there's nothing I agree with with Keith Ellison on a policy from a policy standpoint. But that is that's admirable for a guy who is assured to be reelected time and time again to continue that constituent constituency contact. Roselhan Omar, you know, as our as friend of the show Bill Guan often says on Twitter, she belongs to the world now. She's a celebrity. She's on the big stage. And again, I get it. The job is in Washington, D.C. You know, I don't like that argument. It's like, well, they, they never come home there. They spend too much time in Washington. Well, the job is in Washington, D.C. But you do have recesses. You do have opportunities to come back to your district and you know, stay in contact and show your face. And I don't know that Omar has done that. And I think, you know, you, you can, what the constituents rationale for that, well, you know, guess what? You have to earn their vote. And Minnesotans, by their nature, you know, my wife and I were talking about this recently. Minnesotans, by their nature, just are not ostentatious people. They don't like, you know, that, that big kind of fanfare. You know, they... Oh, sent you to Congress to to represent them, and yet, you know, you're on this national stage and probably spending a lot of time in Washington D.C. with your with your new husband, and you know, funneling your campaign contributions to his lobbying firm. It's quite a tidy arrangement. What was a recent figure I saw about half a million dollars recently uh, funneled from Omar's campaign to her husband's firm. So you know, things like that of that very kind of incestuous uh, arrangement. You know, people aren't going to go for that. And this is this is somewhat reminiscent of what we went through in the 6th Congressional District with Michelle Bachman. 
By 2012, her re-election in 2012, she won by less than 1%, and this is the reddest district in the state of Minnesota. But Michelle Bachman just eventually wore out her welcome. Okay? So, again, I don't think Ilhan Omar is in danger of losing in the general election if she becomes the Democrat candidate. But, again, the Democratic primary, that is essentially the general election in the 5th Congressional District. So, uh Will this scare her straight, seeing that she was outraised by seven times by her DFL opponent? We'll certainly find out, but this is something worth keeping an eye on. Again, uh, the uh, primary date is three weeks from Tuesday. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions via Twitter. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous, too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota. In almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. So I'm standing here right now looking at 10 different brand new LG refrigerators, stoves, washers, and dryers. And we have all 10 listed at a minimum of $500 cheaper than most of our competitors. That's huge considering at PJ's Appliance Outlet, we do not use the fictional, often inflated MSRP price that most appliance stores use to get these savings. At PJ's, we're discounting real-time competitors' pricing for the same appliances throughout the cities. Hey, it's PJ here from PJ's Appliance Outlet. Now, I know you've heard all about how our customers travel from all over the Twin Cities to save hundreds, sometimes thousands, on name-brand appliances. In fact, customers upgrading several appliances have more often than not walked out of our store saving thousands. There's only so much I can say in a radio ad about our products, prices, and ironclad warranties. So if you're looking for a new appliance or just feel like browsing, come check us out at pjsappliantsoutlet.com. That's pjsappliantsoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Welcome back. AM twelve eighty the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing with uh, ah, some local news, local stories from this past week. Uh, I was reading, I caught a little blurb in the uh, Pioneer Press this past week where apparently some national legal experts are going to review the life sentence that was handed down to Mayan Burrell, who in 2002 was 16 years old. He was given a life sentence in the murder of Taisha Edwards, an 11-year-old girl who was 
uh, just doing homework at her kitchen table in her Minneapolis home, and a uh, stray bullet ended up uh, killing her. And a total of three men went to jail for this, including uh, Mayan Burrell, who is now age 34. Now read this Pioneer Press story. Uh, He has spent nearly two decades behind bars. His case captured widespread interest, first at the time of his 2002 arrest, and again this year after Senator Amy Klobuchar touted it during her run for the U.S. presidency. She used it as an example of how, when top prosecutor in Hennepin County, she helped find justice for the African-American community outraged by gun violence and the senseless death of Taisha Edwards, an 11-year-old black girl killed while doing homework at her dining room table. After the Associated Press and APM reports highlighted flaws in the investigation that pointed to a possible wrongful conviction, Klobuchar called for a review saying justice would not only be not only about punishing the guilty, but protecting the innocent. She and the Hennepin County Attorney's Office expressed support Monday for the new panel, which hopes to release its findings by the year's end. The senator has also said she would like to see the formation of a conviction integrity unit and a sentencing review board to look into the potentially flawed cases. Barry Sheck, co-founder of the Innocence Project and one of the first proponents for conviction integrity units nationwide, called the review of Burrell's case an important first step. So I have a feeling, in fact, I would be, you know, my uh, friend and colleague Mitch Berg says he he would like to, if he's so sure of a bet, he would be willing to bet a shiny new quarter. So to steal a line from Mitch Berg, I'd be willing to bet a shiny new quarter. This is why Clobie dropped out of the presidential race because she knew that this wasn't going away. And if you and if you pay attention to politics at all, this shouldn't be that shocking. And I brought this up before. You remember back on Sunday evening, it was the 1st of March, and Amy Klobuchar had just finished, I think, 6th in the South Carolina primary the day before, which was which was laughable because going into that race, they were touting her, touting her as having clomentum. You know, she finished third in New Hampshire. She's got clomentum, and even though we didn't get official results from Iowa, we think she might have finished around third there. So she's got legitimate clomentum going on. And then she finished sixth in South Carolina. And you'll remember when the South Carolina primary took place, February 29th which seems like a lifetime ago because that was before COVID while people knew about the coronavirus before it really became widespread in this country. Bernie Sanders was well on his way to becoming the Democrat nominee for president. And South Carolina was a must win for Joe Biden on February 29th. Well, he did win it. And that kind of seemed to really turn the race around. And then, uh, uh, and then Klobuchar dropped out on Monday, March 2nd before super Tuesday and Biden took a, took home a bunch of Super Tuesday states, and he's pretty much been the presumed nominee ever since. Well, I bring all this up because you remember, Clobie came home from the disappointing finish in the South Carolina primary, and then she was going to have a rally on Sunday, March 1st, because in two days, Minnesota was going to be one of the many states up for grabs on Super Tuesday for the Democrats. And of course, she wanted to come home to her home state where... You know, she's going to get all the fanfare, people fawn all over her like she's this, you know, big, uh, big rock star celebrity. And as the as the uh, rally goers at St. Louis Park High School were awaiting her arrival, some Black Lives Matter protesters took over the stage and demanded to speak with Amy Klobuchar, they wanted to talk to her specifically about this Mayan Burrell case. Because people for years were saying, you know, this young man went to jail and there really wasn't a whole lot to link him to the case. Uh, you know, there was uh, AP, well, the AP investigation itself, Associated Press did an investigation for a year and they indicated there was no hard evidence, no gun, no fingerprints, DNA, nothing linking Mayan Burrell to the crime. And apparently 
some guys turned on him to in order to get a reduced sentence. And then once they've been in jail, some jailhouse informants have later recanted those statements. So it's looking very much like Mayan Burrell could be innocent. Now, again, it's it's subject to a thorough review, and they should give it a thorough review. They shouldn't just automatically assume he's he's innocent. But uh, there are prominent legal minds. Uh, you know, friends of friends have told me that they've spoken with some pretty, uh, I won't say who, but some pretty prominent legal minds. And they look at the evidence and saying, yeah, this young man shouldn't have even been been indicted, much less convicted for these crimes, to or an, or an accessory anyways. So that's why that was the catalyst for Black Lives Matter taking over the stage. Now, again, I'm not a big fan of people uh, interfering with others' First Amendment rights. I mean, Senator Klobuchar had a right to peaceably assemble there for her campaign rally, and these people were interrupting it. And I'm not, not a big fan of this, but they took over the stage and said, look, we just want Senator Klobuchar to acknowledge that maybe this was a wrongful conviction or at least give an indication, a demand publicly, just to, just acknowledge Mayan Burrell. I don't even think they made a demand to say that, hey, he might be innocent, but just at least acknowledge it. Because you were using that case to tout your presidency. All right, now all of a sudden, all of this this AP story comes forth and indicates there really wasn't anything linking him to the crime. And all, all Senator Klobuchar had to say was, you know what, if there's new evidence that comes to light, absolutely, I welcome scrutiny of it. But she knows, had she done that, her already teetering on the brink campaign would have fallen completely off. So because the Black Lives Matter folks took over this uh, rally and indicated the crux of their complaint and said, look, we want to meet with a senator in person and then we'll get off the stage. And apparently they they couldn't come to an agreement because I guess some Klobuchar campaign officials did talk to some representatives from Black Lives Matter trying to uh, negotiate maybe a meeting or, or what. And obviously it fell apart. So the rally Sunday evening ended up being canceled. And then the next day on Monday, Klobuchar dropped out of the race and endorsed Joe Biden for president. Well, then you fast forward to just about a month ago where Klobuchar indicated that she was officially dropping out of the Veep stakes because she was one of a handful of candidates Joe Biden was vetting for his running mate. And she said, well, you know what? Uh, I, I think I'm going to remove my name from consideration. I firmly believe, given what's going on in this country, we need Joe uh, Vice President Biden has already said that he wants a female on the ticket, but I think it needs to be a female of color. So she throws her pal, Focahontas Elizabeth Warren, under the bus. Or is, or is Elizabeth Warren still a, a, a woman of color? I'm, I'm not. Where, where, where is that ruse at right now? I think, I think, no, 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 that's right. Elizabeth Warren did finally come out and say, I am not a, I am not a, a person of color. So, okay. So she throws her pal, Elizabeth Warren, under the bus by saying, yeah, I think it should be a woman of color. Translation. I was not going to get the vice presidential slot anyway, so to save myself from further humiliation, I am going to just drop out of the veep stakes once and for all and advocate for some faceless woman of color. That was her mindset. Because she knew that this Mayan Burrell situation was not going away. And then, of course, you had this Pioneer Press story come up this past week where they were talking about doing another thorough review of this, and I will uh, read some more of the story. Uh, let's see, it is uh, Barry Sheck, who, again, the co-founder of The Innocence Project, and Laura Nereder, co-director of the Center on, Wrongf on Wrongful Convictions, who led efforts to identify and select prospective panel members, will act as advisors as the team looks at the evidence that led to Burrell's conviction and the appropriateness of his sentence. A conviction integrity review is a non-adversarial process that seeks cooperation from prosecutors, defenders, and police, said Sheck, who is an expert in best practices and conviction integrity and will help guide the panel. Best practices today include consideration of excessive sentences as well as a review of guilt or innocence and the fairness of the trial. 
Uh, Nirader, a Minnesota native who represents innocent juveniles and those widely considered to be wrongfully convicted, including Brendan Dassey, subject of the Netflix series Making a Murderer, said the panel is filled with some of the country's top legal minds, including a former state attorney general, the leader of one of the first conviction integrity units in the country, and the past president of the National Innocence Network. So yeah, this case is definitely going to get the get the once over. And at the very minimum, Mayan Burrell, who again has been in jail since he's age 16, so 18 years now, so literally more than half his life has been behind bars. Uh, if they are going to determine that there was really no physical evidence linking him to this crime, uh, that's going to be a problem. And again, I think Amy Klobuchar saw this coming, which is why she dropped out of the vice presidential sweepstakes. Now, she's going to have a Senate seat as long as she wants. In fact, she's up for re-election in 2024. And my thing is, when she was running for president in 2020, she was kind of looking at it as kind of a trial balloon. Okay, if I win, I'll gladly accept the nomination, of course, and try to defeat Trump for his re-election campaign. But if I don't, i am kind of got my finger on the pulse, kind of got my name out there, kind of got my chops out there. So, you know, when my Senate uh, re-election is up in 2024, I can just kind of make a clean break and have a different candidate run for Senate, U.S. Senate out of Minnesota, and then I can run for president. Uh, I think that dream is now dead in light of this. So, again, this is another story that uh, we are definitely going to uh, keep an eye upon. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. More and more these days, it feels like sports are losing out to hype. Who dissed who? Who signed the fattest contract? Who got busted for cheating? Lost 2 is the unique capacity sports have to inspire us, to unite us. Well, great news, sports fans. Sports are still being played for the right reasons. They're still as entertaining as they are character-building. You just have to know where to find it. And you only have to look as far as your local Minnesota high school. You know, the place where the games are exciting, concessions are affordable, and the parking is free. Where the emphasis is on hustle and heart instead of hype. If you prefer real, honest-to-goodness sport played for all the right reasons, you'll find it at your hometown high school. High School Sports. Games are being played this weekend at a Minnesota high school near you. Okay, everybody, who's in? This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. So I have to be honest and let you know that sometimes I really do get nervous about our current situation. I know that I'm being taken care of, but sometimes I don't act like I know I'm being taken care of. I'm really not concerned about my health. I want to follow the protocol that is put before us. I want to honor those in authority over me. At the same time, I want to be a responsible and good steward of the resources that I've been given. Day-to-day activities might look a little bit different. We should continue steadfastly on the path that the Lord has given us. We're not called to worry. We're called to run a race of endurance. Remember, the world is watching. How we react to our situation could impact how people see our faith. So if you're interested in having a conversation about your roof or gutters or anything else, we encourage you to give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. 
Stay safe in your home with a $4,000 chairlift. Now half off for just $2,000 through this special offer from Starlift and this station. There's just one half-price chairlift available. Go to the station's website, click on the More tab and half-price offers, or call the station now. Welcome back. AM twelve eighty the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That's the number to call. You can also feel free to weigh in via Twitter hashtag NARN Show hashtag NARN Show. Pretty comments or questions. I know Jason already got to this at his uh, top of the news, uh, top of the hour news. That uh, Larry Elder, Salem Media Group's own Larry Elder, uh, they uh, uh, announced this past week that uh, he's been officially nominated for induction into the Radio Hall of Fame for 2020. There are 24 nominees in the six categories. Larry was nominated in the category of Active Network Syndication, along with three other national hosts. Larry's program, of course, airs on these very airwaves you're listening to right now, AM twelve eighty the Patriot, uh, five to eight PM Central Time. Again, right here on AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Uh, congratulations to Larry. Hope hopefully it happens. Uh, he's as uh, he's as good and guy, genuine, down to earth guy as I've ever met. Uh, this uh, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, I remember it was the fall of twenty seventeen. I remember that because it was Game One of the World Series between the Astros and Dodgers, and of course Larry living. In L.A., big Dodgers fan, and so I was keeping him updated on the uh, <laughs> on the score of Game One, and he uh, came to town to do an event, a Patriot event. And how this happened was literally six weeks earlier. One of our brand new sponsors uh, came to came to Nick Nick Anderson, our general manager, and said, "You know what? I am a huge, huge fan of Larry Elder. Any chance at all we could have a uh, we could have a Patriot event?" Uh, for Larry Elder, where he'd be the guy, and Nick's like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll look into that. And they were able to put it together from the day that idea was conceived to six weeks later, we had Larry Elder here in the Twin Cities, and it was completely sold out. Every seat at the uh, dinner, at the VIP dinner, and then for the main event in the ballroom, sold out. Okay? So Larry, he has some serious, that's some star power right there. So uh, congratulations to Larry. And again, what was really fun is after the event was over, uh, a bunch of us working for Salem Media Group, we went and hung out with Larry down in the uh, hotel uh, tavern until about one in the morning. And uh, I couldn't hang. I'll, I'll just be honest. With you. I couldn't hang. It's like, oh my God, Larry, I gotta, I gotta go, uh, I gotta go to work tomorrow, man. It's great to see you, but it's like one o'clock in the morning, and I got an hour drive home. It's just like I love to hang, but it's been an honor and. He's like, okay, man. Hey, great, great to see you. Great to see you. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun time. So uh, definitely rooting for him. We do have, uh, let's see. Oh, we got a few minutes to go, so we will squeeze in uh, Vincent's question. Vincent from Saint Paul is uh, on the line. Vincent, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. Um, talking about elections, you know, and voting and all. So I called, happened to call my. Uh, Ramsey County Election Bureau here about, because I got something in the mail about absentee, so I said about I can vote in a booth, you know, on election day. And this is what he says, yeah, for the primary, you can go absentee or vote on a ballot. I says, up on November 3rd, is that absentee only? He says, well, there might be discussion about that where you can't vote at the booth or something. I don't know if there's a law right now saying you can vote in a booth. Voting booth. Now, has anything been changed? You've been hearing anything about this? So... This is what the yeah. yeah, thanks for the call, Vincent. We appreciate it. What uh, I know that's obviously still under discussion uh, simply because on Election Day, it's going to be significant turnout. And given the number of people, the fear is there it isn't really conducive to social distancing. You know, when you're standing in a long line and obviously presidential election years are bigger turnouts. So they have not decided uh, whether that will be absentee only or mail-in ballots only. Um, I know the primary, you know, there's still, there. Uh, not everybody votes in a primary. They don't expect as much turnout as a general election. So they're still allowing, obviously, people to vote in person. So uh, short answer is it hasn't been decided yet. Now, uh, if Governor Walls gets to decide that unilaterally, I'm not 100% certain, but I would think 
he would lean towards that. I know the Secretary of State, Steve Simon, is very much in favor of mail-in ballots. So we'll see, given some of the awful results that have taken place, particularly in the state of New York, as well as the state of Texas, with mail-in primary ballots, it's been an unmitigated disaster. So, um, yeah, they're, they're going to want to think long and hard about that one. Uh, that is for sure. So appreciate the call, Vincent, as always. Uh, let's see. We've got, um, yeah, we've only got a couple minutes left, so I don't want to dive in too deep to anything else. Uh, Jason, do you know what's going on this Friday, July 24th? Any idea? Do you got any big plans? Uh, no. You know, I'll have to work till maybe about, I don't know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, but I think my evening is completely open. Is is there something going on that I'm missing? Yeah, it's completely open. You're not going to be occupied I'm, in front I'm of I'm just teasing. I will be on my couch. Maybe. <laughs> listening to Dick Bramer, and I assume Justin Morneau. I think he's doing most of the color commentary this season. Watching the Twins, 7-10, first pitch from Guaranteed Rate Field in the south side of Chicago. I will be locked in all weekend long for baseball. It'll crowd. always be Comiskey Park to me. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Uh, you know what? For me, it'll, you, and you know what? For me, it'll always be U.S. Cellular Field. Of Guar- course. Yeah, because yeah, Guaranteed Rate Field, that's like a relatively new name for them. I don't even know what Guaranteed Rate is. <laughs> well, well, some sort of corporation where apparently they lock in some sort of interest rate. It's, I don't know, it's a but, terrible uh, name for a baseball stadium. I'm sorry. This just in, Jose Barrios is going to be the opening day starter. The mystery mm-hmm. is solved. I mean, you can, uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, Br- as if there was any mystery in that. <laughs> Brad, but, you, uh, I'll admit, you just scared me a second, though, really quick, because you did th- this just in. I thought maybe Byron Buxton got hurt again or something. You scared me there for a second. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> he insists he's going to be ready opening day. So I we'll hope see. so. I really hope but, so. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that's, that's another story for another day. But, yeah, Jose Barrios... Uh, going to be the starter, and boy, this team looks like they're having a lot of fun with these uh, intra squad scrimmages that they're having at Target Field. They're just they're just having fun. Yeah, it, it looks fun. Of course, we can't attend as fans. We can I only know. watch it on TV. But you know, it, it just it just built up the appetite for baseball. And again, I don't know that we'll be able to watch any games in person. And given what's going on in Minneapolis. I'm not sure I want to go to any games in person, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, it's baseball. It's back. This Friday, July 24th, Twins uh, season opener again. Jose Barrios will take the take to the mound. I'm assume, assuming Lucas Giolito will probably uh, take I assume. a bump for the, yeah. for the White Sox. He's side, their best so. pitcher for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Dallas Keuchel will be part of the rotation in that opening hmm. series, but if he pitches a jam <laughs> against the Twins, so, oh, we could have had him. We didn't have him. him. Yep. Yeah, but... Uh, now, I like signing Josh Donaldson and then making a trade for Kenta Maeda where you get a relatively uh, inexpensive starting pitcher for three years of team control. Uh, I like the makeup of this team, so we'll, we'll be talking Oops. baseball as early as next week, that's for sure, as yep. far as in-game action. It'll be fun. All right, folks, hour number one in the can, on to the way to the history of museum broadcasting. No, just kidding. Back in mere moments with me, Brad Carlson. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before. 
at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword Pro-Life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.